But the Swiss don't operate like that. They're really more organized. And once you get all those little quirks, you begin to see that it works much better for you and for your client. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Working internationally as an EP professional, today we're going to shine a spotlight on Switzerland and we're going to talk with the one and only James Otigba, founder and CEO of Excel Security Solutions. I'm here with Elijah Shaw. Why is working internationally and particularly in Switzerland of relevance to today's protector? Well, let me first back up. I know we talked about trying to bring an international flavor to some of the episodes of the Circuit Podcast, bring in specialists from all over the world. So the fact that we're drilling down into one specific region, in this case here, Switzerland, I think is, is, is vastly interesting because you have protectors that travel over there. They're doing work over there. And, you know, there's a big event that'll be coming up. And I, I think we'll mention that in a second. Um, but also, you know, just you realize that protectors from all over the world have similarities, that same foundational principles that we all work off of. However, there are, the nuances come in how we approach the different problems. And so having these guests on the podcast and listening to them and hearing their experiences and through whatever their cultural lens is, I think is really informative and, and helps make us in our industry um, uh, more inclusive and uh, also just gives us a greater understanding. And uh, on a more practical level, now, hopefully after this session with James, we'll all find a friend in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, right. It expands your network for sure. Like, who do I call? Who do, who, who do I know over there? So. Absolutely. And, and and James has very kindly come to London quite a bit. He's come to the EP Tech Forum. He knows a lot of people, you know, you, you know, listeners, you, you, you might even have met James himself. So why then uh, Switzerland? You, you, you mentioned the, the, the upcoming event and maybe I'll elaborate on that. Uh, the Davos uh, mm -hmm. event, the World Economic Forum, this time uh, in a May setting, 22nd to 26th of May, mm -hmm. usually happens in January when it's nice and cold in Switzerland. Um, it's, a, it's a very big gathering with celebrities, politicians, True. high net worth individuals, academics um lots of things coming in and out and 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 protectors and protectors exactly why is this such a key event on the protector calendar well i i think you kind of nailed it you have such a diverse range of people and i think the common denominator for most of them is is the staggering amount of wealth uh that that's going to be consolidated in one place and so in terms of high value targets um that would be one um, and then the other piece is, is because you have these high net worth individuals from their perspective and the event organizers, they want to cater to that. And so they're, you know, essentially rolling out the red carpet. Um, and as such, uh, there are a lot of processes in place and being able to navigate a space like that uh, without, you know, committing any faux pas or, or doing something where uh, you find yourself on the outside, having someone who is familiar with that part of the world uh, operating in that space, I think is going to be interesting to our listeners because they can go, okay, you know, if I'm ever traveling over to that part of the world, I at least um, uh, have a basis in terms of how to navigate those areas. 
Indeed. And, you know, should you never travel there? Obviously, we imagine you're going to at some stage and maybe even this may. But should you never travel there? The same principles apply, let's say, in D.C., the DMV, where everyone is a VIP. <laughs> True. What do you do if everybody's a VIP? Um, slight difference in Davos in that uh, security is often armed. And sometimes uh, some of the diplomatic protection go overboard. Uh, that 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 that's a bit of a difference um, when 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 compared to other regions. But I think still a lot of great lessons. Um, and I could very well imagine a celebrity you're protecting, a high net worth individual, maybe a politician, is going to be going to Switzerland at some stage. Oh, I can tell you that that FBO is going to be pretty crowded. It is. And 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 you're going to have to navigate everything being super expensive and super <laughs> uh, specific, but on time. Right. On, on time. Absolutely. <laughs> You, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't want to miss it. I'll tell you what, then let's hear from James himself. Obviously, great friend of our industry and great to shine a spotlight on a region we're all going to have to pay attention to, especially this May. And now let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit magazine. Operating in Switzerland as an EP professional, we're delighted to welcome James Otigba, co-owner of Excel Security Solutions based out of Switzerland. Uh, John Moss and myself, we're really pleased to have you on. How are you doing? Very fine, thank you. And I really appreciate giving the opportunity to explain how it works in Switzerland. Thank you for having me, John and Philip. Well, it's a pleasure to see you again. I know uh, we've seen you at a, a couple of the London events and no doubt our uh, London community know you uh, rather well. Um, but today we're, we're taking this look at Switzerland. Obviously, lots of events happening in Switzerland at any one time. Um, what do you think everybody should really better understand about working in Switzerland? Are, are there any preconceptions, misconceptions that, that, that you want to sort of set straight when, when, when thinking about your operating environment? I think Switzerland is like any other um, location where you operate in. Generally, the um, languages are one of the factors because we, we definitely, um, they have their own national languages. And, um, but English is, is spoken frequently by a lot of people. I wouldn't stick out, I wouldn't point out anything out of the ordinary, as long as you've done your homework and you get all the, understand all the little quirks about culture and laws. Some of the, the laws might be strange to people. I mean, especially when it comes, to, I can just give you a, a typical example. Um, when you're, if you, you can't leave your car running if it's parked up because the Swiss tend to to be very fussy about small details like that could could create problems. I like it. And that ties into some of the other podcasts that we've been doing recently about not, uh, you know, resting on your laurels, not not thinking anywhere is particularly safe, always doing your, your homework. Um, mm -hmm. But but what about you? Um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about your journey, your passion for working in uh, this uh, particular uh, area? Yes, um, I've been in this area quite a long time. I started um, in 2000 and my initial, I, I worked for two private families, network individuals based in Switzerland. Um, I was responsible for their security um, globally. 
but in 2009, I set up Excel and we, we, we primarily work with very wealthy families, um, individuals, and we also do corporate um, clients. Our main, our main involvement here is to support companies that come over and giving them the local um, edge because it's very interesting. Um, it's, 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 it is a vast, it, there is a lot of um, interest in working in, in, in people coming to visit Switzerland. And, and what do you like about Switzerland? What, what, what uh, gets you up in the morning and, and keeps you excited about uh, Switzerland? It's a very beautiful country. And I think you have to appreciate the fact that it's also very well organized. I mean, when they exaggerate that the train is always on time, it is definitely, you can set your watch by it. Um, the Swiss people are very open. I mean, they're very, um, they understand, um, they're very proud of their country. So it's very clean and, 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 and well organized. And I think that helps a lot for especially people coming in for the first time. At, and, and to add to that, it is a safe country. And, and, and to that, people coming in for the first time, and I've, I've often been quoted as saying the uninitiated, let, let's say I'm a, an international operator and I just think, do you know what, I really want to work in Switzerland, I just love the idea of it, um, beyond some of the little quirks of culture and language, um, what, what should they better understand before just saying, right, moving to Switzerland? I think, I think integration is, is a main point and that covers a lot of language um i mean I, I keep on harking on about this switzerland is a it's, it's made up of 26 cantons and so in each part of the each each um, canton speaks a different language and each canton has its own autonomy to create laws so if you come into switzerland as an operator and um, you have to understand um what laws are what what qualifications what certifications or what permits you need and um before you can just jump in and say i want to work there um generally it's it's a, it's 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 very i wouldn't say it's difficult it's i wouldn't say it's easy but it's not that it's you have to have all your eggs in one basket before you make that move you know make sure you have your you understand where you're going it, it's not that easy to just come in and say i'm going to look for a job it's best to try and apply for one before you come in here yeah james uh you mentioned organization there and having uh, had the the opportunity to operate in switzerland on a number of occasions it was certainly one of the main things that struck me on visiting the country is just how well everything runs. And in some ways, it's it's not that it's visible. It And it might be after you leave the country and you kind of realize, wow, just everything just seemed to go to clockwork. Did, did I just get lucky? And then you go again and again and again, and then you realize there's a reason for that. And, and I think as... EP operators, you know, that works, you know, that that's definitely an environment that uh, we can appreciate and slip into really seamlessly. And in in your initial, um, the answers that you gave to Pelham's questions, there, you, you touched on it on a few factors that operators should be aware of when coming to the country. And for myself, one of the big things that I've realized, and, and this should go across the board, but is respect. So when, when I come into Switzerland, I, I know that uh, the level of respect that I show to my peers and to the people that I'm working with, uh, the, the local partners and so on, 
it, it's it's really an important factor. Um, that that certainly, I mean, it it's unspoken, but it it's I get a strong sense of that. W- would you agree? Is that something you you can speak to? Absolutely, and I think it's such so important, especially when you're working with. Um, well, not not Swiss in general, but if the more respect you show them and more appreciation of their experiences, you definitely will get more out of them. I mean, if if I always I'm a bit skeptical about people who come in here and try to start dictating things um, um, and how things should operate, and I tell them you have to be a bit more subtle in the way you approach people. And um, I, I can give you a very small example. We had a we had a, a, a client, and the, the the PAs used to book three restaurants at the same time because they weren't sure which one he was going to go to. And after about the third time, the restaurants stopped taking their bookings, you know, because they had to cancel two. But they thought because they were throwing money around and stuff. But the Swiss don't operate like that, you know. They're really more organized and, and stuff and once they were treated once do you get once you get all those little quirks you begin to see that it works much better for you and for your client yeah absolutely and totally agree with you you know you should lead with respect everywhere you go i mean if you do that you can't get it wrong but there but for sure i would say you know some countries you need to be even more aware of it and i would definitely say switzerland uh you know falls into that bracket um the the other thing that you mentioned there or or touched upon was uh the cost of things well i mean the, the spending money and i think that's another thing that operators need to be aware of when they're coming to switzerland for the first time is it, you're going to see a big difference in the price of things right and the cost it's very expensive place to operate in and i mean i've i've i've, I've worked with some um clients or supported some clients and when they realize how much a cappuccino costs they nearly fall off their chair and think wow that's that's a lot of money but it is it is a, it's it's the salaries are quite high here so people get um are, are able to afford it but also we have to understand as operators um we don't we in my daily life, I don't drink in the same places that these wealthy people go to or where we have to work in. So if we, if, if you go to a hotel where it costs 25, uh, the equivalent of 25 pounds, we don't do that every day in our daily life. So those are charges that I think you have to prepare your clients for, that they're going to have to take those or reduce the amount of coffee you drink, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where having good local partners and good local knowledge can really help you and assist you. And, and you know, this is certainly something that we always try to tap into on the podcast when we have guests on from overseas and uh, expressing the importance of building these strong relationships and really maximizing them to, to get out of it as much as you can both in an operating sense and also, you know, in, in an organizational sense, streetwise and so on. And, and uh, leading on from that, what advice have you got for operators coming to Switzerland, uh, perhaps for the first time, but when they start working with local partners, wh- whether that's uh, companies like yourself, whether that's, you know, the chauffeur and so on, uh, good tips for uh 
working with the local partners, building the relationships and, and indeed finding them in the first place. How, yeah. would, how would you say one should go about that? Well, I, I, th I think, I think like with, um, it's very important to find the right partners because that makes or breaks a, an, a mission. And, and then, of course, once you get that partner developed, if you're going to come back repeatedly, work with those partners, keep in contact with them and, and, and stuff. But um, one of the main things I always say is really do your research. Don't look up a glossy website and think um, this, this company looks good. They, they speak the, the, the words, they use the words. Um, ask for references and, and, and check on them, have a meeting, see how they operate. Because I have to admit the market is still, is not as big as um, other, we're a small country, we have, so we don't have that many um, companies that provide a very high level, but we have a lot of companies that say they do. So it's, it's crucial you do your, your research. But once you've, once you've selected the right partner, it's, it's a question of trust. I mean, once you work together, um, it depends if you're coming over and you want, the, you want to um, run the operation or you're just sending your client and they, they look after it. But it's, it's still, it, it takes time to build that trust as well. But definitely do your research. And then what, what, what do you think in terms of licensing people need? Um, on, on a practical level, you know, obviously there's different licensing regimes around the world. Um, would it even be possible for a, 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 you know, an SIA license holder to waltz in and do something? That's a good question because um, Switzerland has been slow to regulate their licenses simply because it was a, they were cantonal, but now they're coming up and each canton has now implemented licensing. Um, so what you have now is you have the French cantons have created what is called the Concordat and they've collectively come together so you're talking about cantons like Geneva, Lausanne, Freiburg, which are visited a lot by um, high net worth individuals and clients. And then the German side have also implemented their own system. So it's if, if you're an SIA licensed operator and you're just coming in for a few days, you could get away with operating in, in, in all, all the cantons. You know, let's say you're coming with your client, but it's best advice to check ahead and maybe inform the local police that you're going to be visiting um, that region. But in terms of a long, long stay, it's very difficult. Um, and in general, it's very difficult for non-EU citizens. So unfortunately, for British citizens, because of Brexit, it has become even um, harder. I mean... For the for French German, it's definitely much easier, but um, I would say it's practically impossible unless you have a a, um, a client and you have your reason. There's a specific reason why the client wants you as a as a bodyguard, as opposed to somebody from the EU. But licensing wise, if you have your concordat and you're able to get that, um, then it's it's easy to work all across Switzerland. And in terms of uh, post-pandemic era operations, James, mm. where do we stand at the moment in Switzerland? I know uh, the, the, the Swiss took it very seriously and the uh, restrictions that were implemented, you know, were uh, up there with the best of European countries. And where are we at now in uh, April? So 
I mean, everything has um, everything has opened up. I mean, we Feb, I think it was February 18th. They they took away all the restrictions in terms of masks and and gatherings. Um, what we went through wasn't as difficult as other countries, and I could namely say one like Italy, where they were totally locked down. Um, Switzerland um, encouraged people to go out into the air, but in small groups, um, walking, and 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 so you had groups of five. And I think I think it was a it was a strategic move because lots of wealthy people moved to Switzerland um, to get away from the even when they could, when they were able to travel. But at the moment we're all, it's open and everything is back to normal as much as you can, you can say, you know. Uh, you know, sounds, sounds really, really attractive for, for some parts of the world, even now. So, so, so hopefully if, if, if some of our listeners are in not back to normal, that could be a good inspirational uh, thing. But looking ahead, uh, sort of not the same month as usual, uh, Davos. Um, I, I wonder what you can sort of say to that, because because that's a lot of people's chief reference point. Um, what what do you think it's going to be like? Especially, what's it going to be like without the snow? <laughs> you know, how how is it going to compare? Um, I, I I I I I just want to pick your brains on it. Actually, that's a good point. I didn't even take into consideration there might not be snow this year in Davos. That that was just really. Um, I think I think people are going to approach it very. Um, I've spoken to a lot of people in regards to other events, and um, there was one held um, recently, a, a watch event, and people were very shocked that not a lot of people have come back in full force. They're still either not prepared to travel or they're still waiting to see how it goes. So this will be an interesting Davos for sure, and. Um, if there's any remote, if they kind of say they're able to do it partly offline and and and, and partly online, I think that will definitely have a big effect because people will then be able to opt out and say, no, we were not going to come. We'll do it remotely this year or, or things like that. But I know there's a lot of preparation is going on. So we're still, we're getting quite a few requests and, and interest. But it would be very hard to give a, 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 a real, an honest, um, uh, an honest answer that it's going to be back to normal. Um, I, I won't be able to answer that. And in terms of operating in Davos, James, can you just paint a picture, perhaps, for anybody who hasn't been there before? What the event is like, how long it runs for, what the uh, the logistical, strategical. Um, challenges are for an event like Davos? That's a very good question. So, so the, the event is held in a, in, a very, in, a, in a remote mountain village or a ski mountain village, which generally has a population of about 11,000 on a, and, and, um, generally. But when the whole world um, invades it, it, it definitely goes up to even, even bigger numbers. One of the challenges is accommodation. And, and lots of people find out, I mean, generally what the locals do is they, they leave Davos for the week that it's there and rent out their, 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 their houses for astronomical prices because people are re really ready to pay those kind of, that kind of money. Um, accommodation is a factor. Generally, the weather 
because of course if it's in the winter we have winter you have to factor in driving you have to drive up there um you need to factor in transportation um um the the there's it's there's the swiss lock up davos so they even have to bring in the army to support them especially when you have um presidents and i mean we've had the likes of american presidents or state secretaries visiting and they just literally the army just takes over quite a lot of the operation traffic is a nightmare um getting in and out and um it's just one big there's one big circle where you have to just once you can't stop off they block off a lot um my advice to people who are coming in is plan ahead because again there's also the the aspects of being um they have to do background checks on who's coming like if you are a security operator you have to have specific badges to give you access to specific areas and um and then more recently they had introduced like a a co2 on all the vehicles so your vehicle had to have a specific um co2 rating so that's like modern cars um so i think but that's something the the the, the limousine or the, the companies you work with will understand companies um davos is a, a it i mean we have it's such a big event that operators from germany france are involved because simply there are not enough um executive protectors in in switzerland to cover that yeah it's a, it's an absolute minefield is how <laughs> i would describe it i mean it just requires an enormous amount of planning and preparation and then you know everything can change on the day yeah and please advice is start don't expect things to happen like two weeks before calling up and saying oh we need we have a client coming in and because then first of all the prices just go skyrocketing because you're, you're really looking for you start getting desperate looking for locations to host to accommodate um the, your, your your team and and, and things it just it really needs a lot of planning way before it happens yeah the other thing that you can't necessarily do at davos which you can in most of the operating locations and will catch out uh, even the best operator on the first visit there is you get dropped off in your black mercedes s class you as you mentioned the the driver can't stay there so yeah. he'll have to go off he'll circle around if it's a short meeting or you know he'll come back at a designated time he'll send you a message he'll tell you i'm out front you'll come walking out front with the principal yeah. and there's 50 black s-class mercedes covered in snow so you can't even see the number plates sometimes yeah. right so that, that's always one to be aware of are, are there any other uh little intricacies or peculiarities with uh davos that may be different that the first time operator needs to be aware of i mean it's 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 quite a it's quite a big gathering of such a concentration of different kind of people so you have people from so you could walk into a, 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 a hotel and on the right hand side is Tony Blair and maybe the ex prime minister and then all of a sudden you see a group of people coming in and um, it's the state so you, you could be overwhelmed with the amount of 
teams are in the field and some are government governmental and they have priority and and then of course if you are just if you're working with a, um, a private individual um, certainly it could be overwhelming to see the amount of stuff I mean especially when there's an American delegate and they ship in all their cars and stuff so it and like you said it it it, it gets a bit confusing with all the black SUVs and 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 um V classes and stuff. So yeah, it is. It is. It is worth experiencing once or twice to get a hand over how it works. I think also um, quickly realizing that you're not going to be the biggest fish there. That your that principle is... isn't going to be. If, if you're working in the private sector, you're not going to be the biggest exactly fish. Exactly what there, I was matter how big you think you are in the yeah. whole country. I think. I think. I try to say that in more words than you did. I think that's exactly what you mean because. And of course, then you have, I think the Americans, the Russians are generally big fish, but then when you have other countries who come in, they come in quite heavy. I mean, they come in with quite a lot of stuff and knowing, you know, that Switzerland, you're generally allowed to carry weapons. Um, so they will definitely be armed to the teeth. And, and of course it, it could, yeah, it could be, it's, 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 it's a, it's a nice experience to see and how people operate. I like that. Everyone's a VIP, so no one's a VIP. Uh, and uh, a bit like DC, a little bit like Washington DC. Obviously, you know, on steroids, but uh, but I think I think that's interesting. Um, so obviously, Davos happens, you know, but once a year, if it if it happens, uh, which mm -hmm. hopefully it will this time. Um, but moving forward, we've seen you, of course, in London. It's been a pleasure to you know welcome you. Um, what type of traction and movement are we seeing uh, with the local Swiss circuit? Um, are, are there local Swiss individuals that are going on more uh, expeditions requiring more security in, let's say, London? Or do they sort of pre prefer a much more low profile approach and they just rock up in jeans and a T-shirt uh, and no security? Uh, what, 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 what can we expect? That's a very good question. So when it comes to security, I mean, if you think about it, there was um, even even this, the the presidents because we have a rotating president don't have security or they do and it's really low class. So they have there have been scandals where the president was a photo was taken of him catching the train home and you know the, the question was asked, is there any security around our presidents? That has increased slightly because of COVID because like with other with a lot of other countries there was a bit of. Um, the, the, the country was divided, um, but the, not, in general, Swiss don't really um, want security, or if they do, it's very low low profile, when, especially when they travel. Um, so the most that would be expected of a, a, a very a net, a high network Swiss person is if they would just ask for a, a security driver or well-trained driver when they arrive in a different country. Um, I see a change in that, and I think it's it's a lot to do with the, the next generation. So the kids are growing up, and they're providing security for their kids, and and the kids are getting used to that. So they they kind of come in, and it works. They work as um, partly security um, driver, but they they provide the same the the, the security that is required basically. And, and, and on a cultural level, you know, bringing it back full circle to where we sort of started um, on culture, is it a bit like, um, I don't know, Hamburg? I don't know if you're familiar with Hamburg. Uh, people, even millionaires and multimillionaires, 
literally are just wearing a you know MS hoodie or MS sweatshirt and, and and they don't want to be distinguished um uh, is there a similar thing going on or or, or not yes it is I, I i i can i mean in in, in certain I live in a very, I live in Stad, I don't know if you've heard of Stad, it's quite a unique, um, small mountain village. And you see quite a lot of high network individuals. And I, the other day I was walking down the street and I, I saw a guy and I Googled him after I saw him and he was like, he was just casually walking down with a, with, a, with his shopping bag from a, from a supermarket. And he, I mean, he was worth like 8.5 billion, you know, but there was no security around him. And the Swiss, even the Swiss acknowledge who he is, but they don't make, they just walk, I mean, they just walk past him as if he's, they want to be, they give them, they give them that kind of respect, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's not the same as maybe when you're somebody who is in a, in a city like London where you have the paparazzi and stuff. We tend, we haven't reached that level yet. Everything is very um, low, low profile. And there's that word again, respect, coming back into it, something which I think really underpins the Swiss and the country. And uh, I'm just wondering, James, I know that you said uh, during the pandemic, there wasn't necessarily, uh, Switzerland was seen as a good place to be if you were fortunate enough to have the opportunity to use somewhere like yeah. that as, you, as your mountain getaway yeah. with the yeah. clean, fresh air. But are, are you, um, do you sense that post-pandemic high net worths are in, in an international capacity are starting to return to the country and travel and business is picking up back to the same levels as before? Are we still some way off? Um, I think that there are two sides to that. I think the first side is, due to the conflict in Ukraine, and we all know what's going on with the sanctions and stuff, we have lost a big segment of the market of individuals that usually came to Switzerland. Um, I think that's in general in other parts of the world. But we're also seeing an opening. I mean, like in, in Switzerland, it's it, there's always Switzerland has always been attractive to high network individuals. So whenever a segment of the population starts to build wealth, for example, um, um, and that's something we've seen in the in, in the, the, the Asians are coming up, so they're beginning to send their children to international schools, and once that happens, they start looking into interest in buying locations there, whether it's for the duration of the, the children's education or they end up buying a nice chalet up here. So I, we're we're quite positive that the market will grow in a different direction as we lose the the eastern european market due to sanctions that it will definitely open up to other markets and and speaking of d direction where do you see ep evolving and the the coming trends over the next year to two years in, is that question related to switzerland or um in yes. general um well i think i think so it it is evolving in the right direction because what we we are meant to do in in the past it used to be high i mean very high profile where you had um a segment of the population coming from the middle east who who come with maybe 20 bodyguards and they they want to show off that they have security around what is happening now it's more and more um low profile where 
it's um, people are, and that, that is again due to a generation change where the children now want security, but they have seen it as a different, um, they see it as a different approach. In Switzerland, I think we, are, we lack a lot of, um, the Swiss market is, the, in terms of Swiss bodyguards, we, we don't, um, it still needs to grow and it, it needs to grow with the, we need more people, a younger generation coming in, taking over what has been built already. Um, we are way, we're still a few years behind um, in terms of, um, I would say the, the, the other markets who have, um, have grown and they've had it, but we're, we're there. I think I am very positive of the where we're going with this. Fantastic. All right. Well, that positivity, let's harness it. Let's keep it. Let's run with it. And uh, I, I very much hope to see you uh, back in the UK uh, very, very soon. Um, fantastic to look at Switzerland. Obviously, we're all looking forward to uh, events in Davos, hopefully, if it takes place in a, in a format that we're familiar with. Um, but but James, yeah, this is this has been fantastic. Uh, from John and myself, this has been another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. And now, let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit Magazine. Well, now we know there's much more to Switzerland than chocolates and watches and clocks. We know I, I, absolutely. I, I already knew that. Oh, <laughs> oh well, okay. It was just me. Just me. Um, well, what, what a nice episode. Yeah. And thank you to James Otuba. He doesn't do interviews generally. He doesn't do this type of podcast. And so it was really kind of him to share with our community uh, his uh, you know advice obviously we've got the may davos forum coming up but mm -hmm. more generally people are going to be traveling to switzerland um what would you think today's operator could take away from the session well you know just as i predicted on the front end which was just the fact that we can get these guests that are located in different parts of the world they come in, they talk about the things that they know very well. And in this case, the environments and the regions that they know very well. And then we can pull some of that out of it and be able to apply that into the areas of operation that we're in or have a resource when we go into that part of the world. So, you know, having someone like him on the show, speaking authoritatively about uh, things present and upcoming, I, I just think it's just a benefit to our listeners. It is, isn't it? And, and the same principles of last minute might seem possible all the time, but there are some places where last minute preparations just won't work, <laughs> uh, you know, despite your, your best efforts. Um, so, so if that's you going to Davos, not in the snow, but in the springtime, remember to book everything now, basically. <laughs> True. What else have we got coming up? Um, I, 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 I've seen a lot of great traction on the NABA Protects Wrap. Yeah, we're, we're doing some good stuff over there. We've got some great engagement. The big thing in the uh, NABA Protector app that we are really excited about is we've moved our weekly calls. So we were hosting these in Clubhouse, but now we've moved them inside of the app and it's a live call. So that's um, it's a conversation with me, Mark James, my regular host, uh, co-host, and we bring in a lot of interesting people and, and get participation from the audience and we talk about a variety of topics. So we just talked about last week 
uh, as in a couple of days ago from this recording, is we talked about um, getting your dream client, like how to nail them. And it was, you know, it was a great conversation listening to these guys talk and the experiences that they have. And, you know, of course, you ask yourself, does that dream client exist? But there were, there were some compelling arguments for and against, but the, the benefit was that there were definitely tips and strategies to work your way, your way towards getting that client. And I think that's what, what the biggest takeaway from that was. So, so yeah, we're enjoying that. We're having that conversation, uh, that and other conversations uh, for about an hour plus every week inside the NABA Protector app. And so I invite anybody who is interested in all things EP to stop by, see us live and even come up on the stage. And not to really spoil that, but my instant thought is, how do you know who your ideal client is? Who uh, it, how, how do you find it out? And since you weren't on the call, you're going to have to catch the replay there. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look at it. Yes. If, if you, like me, were not there, you've got to watch the replay. Um, but coming up this very week on the 29th of April, very conveniently in the EST morning yes. and then eventually in the PSD morning, but the UK afternoon, uh, we have our learning and development for EP priorities forum, mm -hmm. very specifically named because I guess we're trying to achieve a debate about how does the operator make sense of the training landscape out there. So many options, so many possibilities. But how do they make sense of it? And, and, and where do they focus? Do they focus on fitness? Do they focus on finance? Mm -hmm. um, what, where, where, where do you think that's going to go? And, and what benefit for the listener uh, that that's going to have, Elijah? Well, the first thing is, you've, you've got a, I've seen the roster. You've got an all-star lineup there. So you've got some guys that are doing it in their respective uh, segments of the marketplace and some great speakers that can come and talk about it authoritatively uh, and objectively. And I think that's the great thing. When we start talking about training, you know, people have a tendency to um, kind of plug their ears a little bit if it isn't what they're interested in hearing at the moment. So either, you know, they're not looking at getting training in the next, uh, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, or they just came off of a training program. So, you know, they just, you know, however, I think the concepts of training, which should be ongoing, but the concepts of training in terms of how we should be looking and how we should be approaching it is important to all protectors because either we're going through those processes or another member of our detail is going through those processes or someone else who's in the room with another VIP could be or should be going through those things. And so all of us in this room here, all of us in this pot have should have some degree of training. So we should have a vested interest in not only what's happening, what, what the latest, I don't want to say trends or fads are, but what the latest direction that the industry is going in and be able to weigh in on that after kind of taking in the data. Indeed. And that data that will you know, really help you number crunch. Does it make financial sense for me? Sure. Uh, you know, big questions because, because the individual operator, you know, probably, doesn't have all year to spend training <laughs> correct and doesn't have unlimited uh, resources yeah you have to choose so. where you put your pennies that's for sure and this is the second iteration of our original learning and development event that we ran way back in 2020 uh if 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 you were there this will be a vast development 
so very look very, very much looking forward to seeing you there of course on the naba protector app and the bba connect app we've added the special links but if you want to see the agenda lectern with a u dot live uh, and, uh, and 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 we look forward to seeing it there nice but Today, I'm really pleased to see uh, James Otigba shine a light on Switzerland. But of course, it doesn't exist in a void. We have previously shone a light on many different geographies. Uh, it, it I know. Shone? Is that, is, that, is that the right word? Shone? Shone. Shone. Shone, shone a light? Shone. I th- yes, I think shone. <laughs> shone. We've, we've, we've shone a light. Cast a light. How about that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Cast a light. Shone. We, 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 I, I, we I didn't mean to cut you, bro. I was just, you know, wondering. I've never said the word shown in my life, so not shown. We've shone a light. Shone um, a light. Yes, we've shone a light. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> we we have cast a light. <laughs> we yeah, have li- Yes. <laughs> There's lots of lights going on. We've 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 done that. And um for example, <laughs> Hilda. Nwachuku has shown us uh, West Africa. Yeah. Uh, even uh, my sit down with Joe Saunders did touch on Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I remember previously. Uh, Lee Orton. Or- yeah. Mexico. Orton, Mexico. Uh, Joe Gear. Oh, yeah. For LATAM. So let's cite today's episode within that canon. Sure. Lots and lots of parallels. Lots of takeaways. Fantastic. Okay. From Elijah and myself, this has been a delightful look at the world of international operations, particularly in Switzerland with James Otigba. Thanks for joining us for another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. Cheers. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.